Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Get Out of Rap. In today's episode, uh, I talk to John Devlin. John is the co-founder and CEO of Ascensos, an outsourcer with contact centres in England, Scotland, Romania and the Netherlands. He's been in the industry 20 years and he shares his views on how he got there, shares tips, shares how Ascensos dealt with the coronavirus crisis and moving people to home. And also, in a shorter than usual episode, he shares his views on the future. Um, great guy, great chat, and hope you enjoy it. Hi, John. Hi, Martin. Thanks very much. Though. Great. Thanks very much for giving up your time to, uh, to come and do this. Um, you're a guy who, um, and the Sensos as a company, is someone I've been hoping to get on for a while. I know there'll be a lot of people hoping to hear from you and hear your kind of experiences. So thanks very much. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, I guess to start with um, is how did you get to where you are today? What's been your kind of um, your journey, as it were? Into contact centres. Uh, well, it goes back... Uh about 20 years or so, uh, Martin, uh, I studied uh, electronic uh, engineering uh, and my career was in that space, uh, initially working with some global brands, uh, the likes of uh, Motorola, uh, IBM, Sun Microsystems, etc. Uh, and uh, along with uh, a lot of their partners as well, uh, that brought me into working support roles, uh, program management, business development roles uh, in that space. Uh, and back in the 90s, uh, got involved in setting up a, a very early stage contact centre, delivering technical support for uh, Microsoft Windows 95 rollout uh, on behalf of IBM and Compaq at the time. Uh, so it was a it was a, a strange route into it, really. Uh, we had uh, we started a contact centre in the Netherlands, supporting the European rollout of uh, the Windows 95 product at that time. Uh, and that was my first uh, step into customer care and contact centres. Uh, and uh, I then kind of joined uh, a startup in the UK at the time called Be Cogent, uh, which started uh, in 1999. Uh, and that's really where my career in this industry uh, got some momentum, got uh, got got going. Uh, so stayed with uh, B Cogent until uh, we were acquired by Tel Performance, uh, and set up a Sensos in 2013. And what was it that kind of um, well, one, why stay in the industry? What's been the kind of what's the attraction? And two, what was the thinking behind setting up a Sensos? Well, the industry is hugely uh, engaging as a place to, to work, uh, hugely focused on on people, hugely focused on technology, always at the cutting edge of, uh, of delivering new uh, people processes, but also uh, technology uh, applications. And that's a really strong uh, combination, uh, a really attractive uh, combination for me personally. I love the buzz of it. Uh, I love the how dynamic it is. I love outsourcing in particular with managing client relationships and managing uh, growing businesses and the, the business development aspect of that as well. So I've always uh, 
well, I found my home in, mm-hmm. in contact centres. Uh, and the Sensos was really uh, a look at the market after we sold B Cogent to Teleperformance. We looked at uh, who, was, who was doing what in the marketplace uh, and felt there was a gap uh, for a independent, privately owned, high-quality, agile provider uh, such as uh, a Sensos. And that's what the business has proven to be. is very high-quality, agile, uh, with a real focus on on our colleagues and always, always, always looking at what the next best product and platform is in terms of technology. And that kind of um, wanting to be ahead of the curve and a focus on your colleagues in any of the interactions I've had often through judging with your team members, there seems to be real engagement and excitement around that. How have you is that something you've specifically set out to do? And how do you keep what that ethos? Is that something that's important to you and the company as a whole? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it was always part of our success story at Be Cogent as well. Uh, you know, when we were UK Employer of the Year, uh, we were uh, uh, a Blue Ribbon winner at the European uh, Awards, uh, you know, for our colleague engagement. Uh, applications so it's always been uh, core always been central to us and I guess the, there isn't any real design mm. there. Uh, I think it's there's an authenticity about our business uh, about the way we go about things we're a very authentic business everyone buys into the culture uh, in, in a sense of so, you know, everyone's pulling the same direction we like being independent we like uh, uh, paddling our own canoe mm. uh, you know, we, we like being uh, quite disruptive. We like uh, coming up against the, yeah. the big global BPOs and doing things our way. And, you know, I'm not saying that we can compete with those global BPOs in terms of their uh, territorial reach and their footprint, but we can certainly compete with them uh, in delivering excellence uh, and world-class service in our own style. Uh, and I think that's where we really, uh, really hit the mark uh, is we don't lose sight of who we are. Uh, we don't lose sight of what we're trying to achieve. Our organisational purpose uh, is very clear and very concise uh, and everyone can see that and everyone can buy into it. And those who join us who have worked in maybe in some of the big global BPOs, they get an immediate sense of that when they come to join us that it's a bit different within the sensors. That's great. I love that. If if there are, if there are people listening who maybe are... Um... I think the majority of people that do listen are quite early on in their careers. There may be team leader level, manager level. What what advice would you give to them if they wanted to follow and get to a similar position as yourself? Well, I think working in, in outsourcing, uh, you know, so maybe many of your listeners will already work in outsourcing. Some will work uh, you know, for, uh, for brands and businesses directing their own in-house operations. Uh, certainly outsourcing it, it has been dropped in the deep end. Uh, it, it really does turbocharge uh, your learning, turbocharge your, uh, your understanding of how to, to manage a real mix uh, of different challenges and different uh, hurdles you have to uh, encounter. Because obviously you have to deliver the client's business first and foremost, but you still have to deliver your business, mm-hmm. you know, the outsourcer's objectives and financial uh, growth plans uh, have to be met as well uh, and uh, it's you may have to manage uh, a multiple uh, range of, of different client objectives uh, in an outsourced environment so I think it really does 
if you want it uh, and, and, and you really want to turbocharge your, your career in customer care, customer management, developing customer solutions and outsourcing, it can help you uh, do that. But I'm saying to anyone at all times, always follow your, your, your heart, follow your passion in these things. Uh, I say to our own guys, you know, that this kind of environment might not be for you. And if it's not, then fair enough. You know, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over the, the people who uh, don't necessarily feel outsourcing or even customer care uh, is for them because it isn't, you know, uh, for everyone. Uh, and you have to love it. Uh, but if you do love it and you've got a passion for it, uh, then work uh, in an outsourcing environment and one in which uh, the business has got a real focus on uh, people values uh, and a real clarity on organisational purpose. Because then it's easy for you to understand where you, uh, where you can contribute, where you can make uh, a difference uh, when there is that clarity of purpose. Mm, I love that. I mean, some of your phrases there, turbocharged and following your heart, I'd absolutely, I'd absolutely buy into that. That's great. Um, so where are Ascensos now? Can you just give us an idea of the kind of scale and locations and kind of the where next? Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously we started... The business was put together in 2013, but we didn't really get going until 2014, uh, also finding property, getting set up, etc. Uh, so we've been operating now for about six years, trading for six years. We've grown very quickly uh, in that period. Uh, so we now have uh, between 1,500 and 2,000 colleagues, depending on which uh, time of year it is. Uh, and we are... Uh, we're now operating across four countries, uh, Scotland, England, uh, the Netherlands and Romania, uh, with six sites uh, across those four countries. Uh, so we've grown very quickly. Uh, so most of that is organic, uh, and uh, we did make the acquisition of the European business back in 2016. Uh, and, uh, and our remaining uh, business in particular is going exceptionally well, and there's a big focus on on growing that uh, element uh, of our, uh, our European business at the moment. Uh, and in the UK, uh, we've got sites, uh, you know, uh, three sites in Scotland and one site uh, on uh, the Isle of Wight uh, and all of the UK operations. Uh, we're getting to that point pre-COVID-19, we're getting to that mm. point of being pretty much at capacity. Mm. Obviously, uh, as a result of the current circumstances, we've had to We've had to kind of push that out into homeworking uh, in a very, uh, a very kind of uh, quick uh, fashion. And I was saying this to to some of our guys last uh, last week. There, it took us uh, six years uh, to build up our business uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to have massive uh, degrees of uh, occupancy within our office. Uh, and uh, within six weeks, we've got uh, we've got almost no one in our offices now. You know, so it's uh, it's just been a strange uh, a strange period, not just for us but for the whole industry, I would guess. And and how was that? I mean, what was when did you start doing that, and and how did you do it? Yeah, well, we obviously had some, uh, as everyone probably did, some indication that something was going to uh, land uh, in terms of uh, the coronavirus impact. Maybe at the start of February, uh, end of January, start of February, we started to put some very tentative plans together. But at that point, we imagined it to be along some of the lines that we've seen 10 years ago with H1N1 with swine flu, mm. that, that it would have an impact, might see some higher absence levels, we might have a, a bit of uh, disruption as a result of uh, office occupancy. 
but I don't think anyone imagined it to have such a significant impact as it, as it has done. Uh, so very quickly, uh, around about the start of March, when we, we started to see some of the, uh, the uh, analysis coming in from other countries, uh, we, we took some action then uh, to deploy uh, the home working infrastructure that we had, uh, we had kind of created. So we always had the ability to move people out in, into the home work environment for our own BCP anyway. And we've been very fortunate with that, Martin, that because we've got, we're a relatively new business still. Mm. Uh, our technology was, uh, architecture was created in 2013, 2014, most of it hosted in the cloud. Uh, so we've been pretty agile in terms of our ability to, uh, to move into that home working space. Uh, and we've done that initially in Romania because they, they went into a kind of lockdown a little bit ahead of the UK. Uh, and that gave us uh, some very early learnings uh, as to what was working there, what wasn't working, so we can make some adjustments and tweak that. Uh, and that uh, put us in a very strong position uh, when we did then have to move uh, in some uh, scale. In terms of the UK, we had a, a really kind of robust, resilient model uh, to go there with. So we've we done that within a, in the UK within a, a five to eight day period, really. Uh, we moved uh, almost a thousand of our colleagues uh, in the UK uh, into home working over a period of a week, really. Uh, so it, it was quite an effort to do it. I bet. Uh, but it, it, it worked really, really well. Uh, and we're still operating now with that kind of model of uh, the vast majority of our customer-facing colleagues uh, are, are working from home. And how are you maintaining the kind of the ethos, not only across three sites, but now all of these, all of your colleagues now all working at home? What, what's the <laughs> thing that you're using to yeah. still keep yeah. everyone with a sense of what being a census means? I mean, again, uh, we benefited from when we, when we rolled the Sensos out from being a kind of single site operation in Scotland initially into a multiple site operation. We put in uh, our own uh, internal architecture that allowed us to uh, communicate our culture, uh, engage with our colleagues across Europe. Uh, I think you've seen some of this before, our MyDash uh, mm. platform, which was home built by us uh, and that's not unusual for us to build our own uh, solutions because we like again to be independent and uh, paddle our own canoe as i said earlier but uh, do something that is appropriate for a census even though, even though there may be other applications in the market so our my dash platform operates uh, in the home environment now as well so people can still connect with us through my dash and my dash is an ability for us to to engage it's gamified uh, allows us to uh, uh, to uh, instant messenger uh, each of our colleagues uh, through that MyDash uh, platform. We've also layered in Microsoft Teams uh, for our teams to continue to operate on a, on a team basis uh, while they're working uh, remotely uh, and for the TMs and their teams to still uh, have that level of engagement through the, uh, through the Teams uh, platform. We're investing quite heavily in, in further work-at-home models and platforms at the moment, uh, using uh, products like Hardware, which are allowing us to uh, to recruit, uh, uh, do some psychometric uh, profiling of candidates remotely, uh, interview candidates remotely, uh, engage with them and onboard them, all in that uh, uh, remote uh, model. Uh, so it's a uh, various uh, various platforms, some home-built and some. 
third-party software as a service applications that we're bringing in as well uh, to make sure we've got a really robust way of continuing to deliver college engagement, uh, whether it's in the office or it's in a kind of mobilised home working basis. So after that, we're, you know, we've gone through that initial period of getting everyone working from home and that the maybe the novelty of that has worn off and we're, there's a new type of um, BAU what, yeah. what given all your learnings and the scale that you've you've achieved doing that over what do you think is going to stand the test of time what what will the what will the new normal look like in your opinion well i think for us we've always got to have one eye on what the market wants from uh, outsource partners uh, what does the market want from its bpo partner uh, and i think uh, very clearly there's going to be a requirement for uh, for great partners who have got uh, a strong capability to, to deliver bricks and mortar office-based contact centre uh, solutions, but all alongside uh, the home working solutions, so that, uh, you know, this kind of hybrid model mm. of uh, office and home working in place. I think most of the research that I've looked at is suggesting that's what uh, our clients, that's what businesses will look for in their outsource relationships going forward is having a combination of both uh, office-based uh, capability uh, but the uh, the home working capability too. Uh, so I think everyone in our space has learned a lot uh, within the last six to eight weeks definitely about how to uh, to mobilize home working. I think we now have to, we're moving to what we're calling home working 2.0 for us. Uh, which is a more kind of pure play home working solution in place. Uh, and there are obviously people out there in the market who have got pure play home working solutions at the moment. But for us, it'll be the really strong combination of, uh, of our ability to deliver volume uh, in an office-based environment, but still have the strength of the home working environment there too. I do think we'll, we will only have, in the short term, uh, 30 to 50% of our offices will be uh, or 30 to 50 percent occupancy of our mm. offices, mm. Uh, you know, it's through uh, social distancing, and there's going to be a whole degree of uh, adjustment to that as well with uh, risk assessments and how to manage uh, offices under this new normal. Uh, but we will uh, operate uh, a degree of uh, our solutions from an office-based environment as we go forward once lockdown gets lifted uh, and I would imagine uh, that we'll have maybe one in every three of our desks will be uh, able to be utilised uh, in the office and, and the rest of our solutions will continue to be delivered from from at home. And what has been um, both I guess the the key challenge but also the key win for you kind of personally when you look at your teams and the company that you've created how, how, how would you assess this this, you know, once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, remarkably, you know, when you when you kind of look at uh, these things with the benefit of a bit of hindsight, and you think the team have come through this uh, stronger than ever. Uh, we've come out, or we will come out the other side of this uh, as a really, really strong unit. Uh, we were strong before, but this has really forced uh, our strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more uh, a resilience, you know, our ability, all the things we thought that Sensor stood for in terms of tenacity, resilience, flexibility, agility, but also creativity. All that has came to the came to the floor, came to the surface, uh, and we will 
move on to Ascensos 2.0 as a, as a stronger uh, unit as a result of this. And the guys have all done it with a bit, I have to say, with a bit of a smile on their face. Mm. Uh, we do like a challenge. Yeah. Uh, we, do, we do like to prove ourselves. Uh, we like to uh, to roll our sleeves up and get on with things. Uh, and uh, there's been a, a massive uh, amount of, of coming together as a unit, a bit of siege mentality, uh, which which helps as well. You know, how do, how do we make sure that uh, the business uh, comes out the other side of this stronger? How do we make sure that things we're doing in the short term we can bake in uh, to be permanent and long term? Uh, so it's not just a, uh, a short term uh, hit or a short term investment we need to make. Any investments we are making will flow forward into our new future operating model as we go into uh, the, our next phase. Uh, and I think, again, the, the clarity of organisational purpose and mm. top down uh, in our business uh, is exceptional. Uh, so everyone can understand uh, what our outcome from this is, what our desired outcome from this will be, and where they will play a part in that. Uh, you know, so it's I think it's that combination of team spirit, organisational purpose, uh, and just the, the, the kind of, again, the independence and authenticity we've got in the team uh, is very, very strong. John, that's been um, really insightful to hear that, you know, ending on those final three points, I think, is is great. I know you're a very busy man and jumping on another Zoom call now, oh, no I'm doubt. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you yeah. for giving no. your time and sharing. I've, I found that really insightful and I'm sure people listening will have done as well. Yeah, thanks, Martin. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. No worries. Um, stay right. safe and hopefully see you physically soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks Cheers. again. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that and speak to you again next week. Um, Have a few guests lined up. Just not sure which one is going to be on first, but we will have another episode, episode 24, um, next week. Thanks, Thanks a lot, everyone. Stay safe.